This is Masters Cast, the first He-Man and She-Ra podcast, episode number 72 for Sunday, July 7th, 2019. Will you fight for the honor of Grace Skull? Grace Skull. 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 And I'm Josh Delancourt, also known as Just Lioncourt. And we don't know where Martin is, so I... M.I.A. Yeah, we put he's out a call. Missing. He's a ghost. He's on location. Yeah, he's on location. I like that. He's out for an adventure. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, Hopefully he will be back next episode. Yes. Um, uh, real quick before we go into the... Um, episode reviews so we're going to continue into season two uh i think we should mention that mattel finally thank you announced that they're going to do a she-ra and the princesses of power toy line <laughs> it's about time finally oh a little late yeah a tad late but debuting at san diego comic-con this year will be she-ra and shadow weaver um and then the toy line which is going to be a Target exclusive, will debut in August, according to Mattel's social media. So there you go. So far, they've teased She-Ra, Adora, Catra, Bo, and Shadow Weaver. Wow. Now that it's, like, upon it. Like, I've been wanting this for friggin' ever, ever since the show came out. And now that it's here, I'm like, okay, I need more info. Like, I need to see some better pictures, not just half of their face. Mm-hmm. I need to know the price point, And hopefully, they'll not be ridiculous with how they ship them to the stores and have, like, 20 Shiras and one of everybody else. Like, I need more information so I can decide if I want to try to collect these or not. <laughs> I just wish they were action figures instead of dolls, but we uh, beggars can't be choosers, I guess. Like, I guess, are they going to be articulated still at least? Yes. Okay. But they've got rooted hair. Yes. Is that the, okay. I, I do hope they are easy to get. I have several targets in my area, but it would be nice to not have to drive to every single one to make sure I get all of the figures. Uh huh. Well, I'm at least excited that like kids who are watching this show are now gonna have toys to play with. Finally, should have had that, you know, a year ago. But whatevs. Yeah, seriously. Better late than never. Hey, <laughs> or it could too. have been um, announced at Toy Fair or something. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Well, it would be nice if they sell really well, and it'll just go to show Mattel. Should have faith in Shira. She is. Part of your legacy. Yeah, and this show is super popular. I really think it's going to sell like crazy. I could be wrong, but just my opinion. I think it's going to do really the well. The show does seem to be really popular. So, mm-hmm. uh, my my mom who works in at grammar school, you know, has talked to other teachers and seen kids there and stuff that are into the new show. So, um, just out in the wild. So. And she notices nice. cause, because we grew up with all that stuff. So, 
Mm-hmm. Well, speaking... Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, speaking oh. of the show... <laughs> yeah, I guess we should talk about that. I guess. The merchandise that Maybe. <laughs> but, uh, so we have three episodes to talk about today. The first one being episode number two of season two. Yes, it's called Too Much Swift Wind. That's the name well, of this episode. <laughs> I will... Okay, so... Josh, I feel your pain a little bit in this episode, <laughs> especially after I rewatched it minutes before we started this podcast. I have so and, much uh, empathy for Shira slash Adora <laughs> in this episode. Like, I feel well, her pain. Like for- anytime Swift one would talk, I thought about Josh. <laughs> yes. I was, and, and I and you know what? I kind of agree a little bit. Oh, man. I'm I mean, the only I mean, one sticking up for Swifty. No, like Katie, you have to level just kinda, on this it was one. Just yeah, full on in this episode. Yeah, but that was the point. Like he was supposed to be irritating her so that she didn't figure out earlier that they needed to bond to make the thing work. That was like the point. So I kind of give it a, a bit of a pass. See, I don't know. I I feel like this episode. Okay, so this is just my personal opinion. Everyone, you know, that you can disagree or agree. I feel like you could have told a better story with this, if Swiftwind was the one that was, you know, like if he was, um, you know, tr- trying to bond with her and being nice and doing smart things and being a more sympathetic character and then Adora like not really listening to that or not paying attention not being interested in that I think you could have told a better more emotionally resonant story with that than here's just someone who's being really annoying and someone who's exasperated with somebody being really annoying like I feel yeah. like that's like basically all this this episode was, and I just uh, yeah. I, I really wish they would have gone a different direction with Swiftwind's character. I feel like we have plenty of funny, smart ass characters in this series. Like there's that's a lot of the characters in this series, and it's part of what makes the series enjoyable. That's good, but we didn't need another one. Another one that's taken to even a, a higher level, like cranked up to a higher notch on that scale. You didn't need another one that's the same thing, and particularly it just doesn't fit with what I think, what I think anyway, Swiftwind should be, and it, it just, it really bothers me. It still really well, bothers me. A prime example, and I 100% agree with what, what you're saying on how he should have been acting. Like, I, I'm fine with the way they were doing Adora. She's stubborn, she wants to do everything herself, blah, blah, yes. blah. So I agree, right? Swiftwind should have been coming in with the helpful suggestions they had a perfect opportunity all those rocks are flying in the air right Mm -hmm. who notices the first one's tech on the rocks shira swift wind (laughs) is the one flying in the sky they should have had the first one's tech on the other side of the rocks swift wind is doing his loop-de-loops and notices the first one's tech like he could have been giving shira the clues which again, like Josh said, would lead Adora into understanding why the partnership with her steed needs to exist. Like the, yeah. those little things, like he could have, like she, I, I, yeah, it, like his horn should have uh, lit up and found the, that beacon thing. Like I, I, you know, there's that I, this, this part of the story to me was the, ended up being the B story and it really should have been the A story of this episode. 
Um, I yeah. felt more compelled to care about the um, Glimmer, Bow, Catra uh, situation. That was the much better part of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And they did a great job of interweaving the two plot lines. Mm-hmm. Like, you would see a character pushed in one, and then in the next scene, it's a different character from the other situation, whatever, getting knocked over or whatever. <laughs> it was really well done. But yeah, I I do see what y'all are saying. I don't disagree. I guess I just, I like him enough that I gave him a pass. <laughs> but yeah, no, the way y'all are describing how it could have been written, could have been written instead yeah that does sound more interesting honestly but like i do like the fact that he can sense magic or sense the first one's tech or whatever it is he's sensing with his horn um that part's cool to me but they need to use that more i feel like because they use it again in that ghost episode but again it's just like i sense something i don't know where i don't know what but it's like give him a little more power I feel like I feel like um, Swiftwind for this series, for better or worse, I think for worse, is just sort of an afterthought. Like, mm. I don't know why he's there. Like, not, he has had nothing particularly, um, you know, like none of the storyline has has needed Swiftwind. He's been there, and they've integrated him kind of here and there. But I feel like he is very, very much an afterthought. And it's almost like he was, like, inserted later. Like, they came up with the stories and were like, oh, now we have to figure out how to insert Swiftwood. Like, that's what it feels like a lot of the time. Hmm. I did like the little, like, emotional heart-to-heart they had before they figured out figured out the whole thing. Um, where Adora was, like, apologizing for turning him into this sentient horse, basically. <laughs> and he's like... I would never want to go back, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that you did that. And I thought that was cute. That was a sweet little moment. Um, and something that she clearly was kind of feeling guilty about this whole time, but just had not voiced it. So that part was cool. And I feel like they did need to be by themselves to come to that, not realization necessarily, but for her to voice that and for him to be able to talk back like no really it's cool I'm, I'm happy to be here with you i would much rather be able to go on these adventures and help you know make this world a better place than to just be a horse that's grazing in a field or whatever so that that end part i thought was a good payoff um and then them bonding like that is what made the difference in the end but yeah all the annoying stuff leading up to that maybe was a little much i'll give you that <laughs> Though I, I thought it was interesting that, at least in this mythos, that Shira needs a steed of some type. Um, like, I took the quote from Light Hope, and she just says, like, as Shira, your sacred connection with your steed is just as important as any of your physical abilities. He is a part of you. Your desti- destinies are intertwined. So the fact that she, like, accidentally, in quotes, turned him into Swiftwind makes me think like oh maybe it wasn't actually an accident i mean it was some but of those at the same time, you know, maybe they're always an accident and some of them could be really unfortunate you know like one of those big spider yeah. things that we saw or, you know, <laughs> oh, whatever. right like like <laughs> past shiras it really makes you wonder like what did they have as their steeds previously you know like like well cowl that'd be that'd be not good <laughs> that'd be really not good 
mean, yeah. Speaking of that, I want Cal to make an appearance at some point. Like, more and more, I feel like he would really fit in with this series. And I feel like it's a complete lost opportunity that he's not here. Amen. Well, do you know what I'm thinking of now? Did any of you see the Aladdin movie? Not yet. I want to. No. Well, then my reference is completely lost. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but since you mentioned that, can I also just point out, you know what, uh, in rewatching this one, you know, Swift Wind reminds me a lot of not, I mean, this is, this is a character I actually like, but it fits with the, the character that he reminds me of uh, much more than it does with, with what I think Swift Wind should be. But the way he's portrayed reminds me a lot of Mushu from the Mulan movie, which I love that movie. Um, and Who Mushu, is that girl I see staring back at me? <laughs> you he know reminds- what i was gonna say he reminds me of donkey from shrek <laughs> <laughs> okay well there's a, some similarity there i guess yeah That's oh amazing. my gosh yes i think i've only seen mulan i think twice so i'm not remembering who that character is but i do remember who donkey it's the dragon is. it's the, the the dragon yeah the little dragon I don't remember. I remember like Donny Osmond singing something, and yeah, no, no, no. (laughs) Mushu is the dragon voiced by Eddie Murphy, who also voices Donkey. Yeah, yeah. and the characters are very similar. So it's really funny that you said that because they're very similar. Oh, same voice actor. Yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is that Eddie Murphy should have voiced Swiftwind, (laughs) basically. Well, he might as well have. Yeah. He might have been a little too expensive, I guess. Yeah, these that's days? definitely the really? vibe they were going for. Well, we get well, we're getting Gina Davis in season three, so I mean, she's yeah. probably the hell's cheap. yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited for that! Oh my god. <laughs> but the um, the Bo Glimmer Catra storyline in this, uh, also the um, or wait, now maybe I'm, I watched all the episodes back to back. Never mind. I was going to say the uh, something else, but it doesn't make sense. I was going to say the Entrapped Hordeck one, but that's in the next episode. Oh right. They all kind of ran together. The next one. Yeah, but yeah, no the the Bo Glimmer Catra storyline was definitely the much better um, thread in this episode. I think. What's funny though is I took you know, I always take notes when I'm watching these to remind myself of what exactly happened in each one and i think i only took like two notes from that storyline of this episode and all the rest have to do with swift wind and shira or adora and light hope and that whole thing so i guess i found that part more interesting but i i, I definitely liked the other one too um so i i'm maybe it just different parts appeal to different people more but again i'm a, I'm a sucker for swifty and his humor and his singing oh my god <laughs> That was so funny. I, I I loved the dynamic though between uh, Glimmer and Bo, in that you know she wants to be tough and mm-hmm. you know take Catra and treat her the way that the Horde would treat them if they were captured or whatever. And Bo's like, yeah, no, no, you really shouldn't be doing that. We're supposed to be the good guys here, and uh, I love that dynamic between the two of them. Well, I love just how just dripping with manipulation that Catra was during mm-hmm. that whole thing. I was just, mm. I mean, and the voice actress, uh, AJ from so the Disney channel. Uh, so good, right? Just the way she delivers her lines, especially in this episode. Oh, I would argue she is the best actress on this series. 
like you know, yeah. just whatever actor, actress, like mm-hmm. the best cast member of this uh, incarnation of Shira. So she's just she embodies that character so well. I really think that's why, or at least one of the reasons why she's such a popular character. Like I feel like she's more popular than Shira for the fans, like especially mm-hmm. the new oh, fans yeah. who yep. weren't necessarily um, interested in the original show. They are gravitating like crazy to Catra. I've seen so much Catra cosplay and fan art. Like she is, she's a very engaging one. character. Like yeah. well written, well acted. Like Catra is is really really well done. And her voice is just a little bit unique, and I don't even know how to describe it. But and I love her laugh. Oh my god, when she laughs, yes, yes, it's the best. Um, it makes you want to yeah, laugh is... with her. And, yeah. and, but you feel guilty about laughing with her. Right. That's the funny thing, right? Because <laughs> it's like it's 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 infectious and evil at the same time, and it's kind of awesome. Yeah, she reminds me of the voice actor that did Stormy back in the original Rainbow Bright, who again is a lot of people's favorite character, and I think that's one big reason. It's because the voice actress just had a unique enough voice that she just stood out, and she had that same personality. She's just a bit of a jerk, but. A funny jerk. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I think the voice actress has a lot to do with Catra's popularity. So I would agree that she's doing an amazing job. And that was a, now that you mentioned that, yeah, I don't know why I didn't make a note of that, but that was a really cool dynamic between Glimmer and Bo, with Glimmer trying to be like, not necessarily as bad as the Horde, but being like but they keep doing this to us we should do it too well yeah she's she's uh, since episode one right she's been over enthusiastic about proving herself right like that's Mm -hmm. that's kind of glimmer's shtick in this series right is that she she wants to prove herself to to everybody else to her mother to whoever and Mm -hmm. sometimes she goes a little overboard with that Mm mm-hmm I think season two is also doing a good job at highlighting the villains better. Um, This episode ties the bind. The next episode signals both of those. I cared more about the plot lines that more directly involve the villains. So, you know, Catra in this one and Hordak and Entrapta in signals. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas like to me, the, the B story, which is often like pointless, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is is focused on you know Shira, uh, in in both of these cases uh, for me at least it has nothing to do with Swiftwind, um, in Signals though Katie I actually enjoyed his humor in that one. Well, <laughs> yeah. the thing with Swiftwind and, and so we can move on to Signals I guess is, the thing with Swiftwind and Signals Wait. is that it's in small doses so it's l- yeah. much much less. Uh, overwhelming, I guess, <laughs> to everything else that's going on. So, yeah. Well, I really like, like signals. I really like signals. Actually, I I would say this is this is for me anyway. This is the episode where season two is like, oh, okay, now we're getting good. Like the first episode, I really didn't like. The second one's okay. Like there's parts of it that are good, and then third one, I like. I really enjoyed it, even though. There's nothing too much earth-shattering. I think you're right. The Entrapta Hordak um, thing in this episode is kind of what makes this one work. But I also like like the whole creepy vibe of the the village when they're trying to figure out what's going on, and there doesn't seem to be anyone there. Is there ghosts? Is there whatever? And I love Adora. Uh, keep mentioning the horror stories that Shadow Weaver told her as a child, which is hilarious. Like I love all that stuff. It's so good. It's so well done. 
Yeah, I was gonna say, um, at least episode two is like leaps and bounds better than the first episode. Of yes. This yes. Season. yes. 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 And, and plus, true. at the end, um, they find out that Entrapta is willingly working with the Horde. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, their reactions are really great. Yeah. Especially glimmers. Like, there's that one shot of her with her eyes closed, and she's like, you know, letting it sink in. Mm-hmm. You know, th- I thought that was really good. Well, and I love and... how they play Entrapta, that she doesn't see what's wrong with what she's doing. Oh, because yeah. Because she's just fo- so focused on the scientific aspects that she can't, she can't finish my sentence. <laughs> Uh, she can't can't see the forest for the trees there There you go go. there you go yeah yeah Yeah, like her whole i'm on the side of science and that's all she sees yeah and then Bo makes uh, has a line where he's like yeah so she's basically creating weapons and things to wipe us out and like you know and like she totally doesn't see it from that perspective but of mm-hmm. course, like at the at the moment where he could have said something like that to her, Catra shuts off the connection. Yeah. So he doesn't even get a chance to communicate that to her. So I feel like if they were able to sit down for a minute and have a conversation without her working on crazy robots, like maybe they could talk some sense into her. Maybe not, but it'd be worth a shot. I but do. They never get that opportunity. I do love in that conversation when. Uh, and Trout as well, like, well, all my stuff's here now, so. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll just stay. Yeah. It cracks like me giving up. me equipment and stuff, so yeah, yeah I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, even with, um, you know, in Signals, so we're kind of overlapping now, um, the, you know, she's like, tells Hordak, oh, you could open up a portal and, like, transport your troops to, like, the other side of the planet, basically saying, like, you could ambush bright moon or something like that and it's like she does not see that this would not be overall good for you know her so-called friends but like does she even value friendship i don't know you know Mm. those different personality types like is she like an i seven four two or whatever you know where she's just (laughs) like "Eh, i just want my science that's my friend i'm friend with robots yeah i i literally think her robots are her best friends yeah because they don't about them more than anyone else, and they don't talk back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. Emily has a bit of a, a personality. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. But like, um, to me, again, her storyline in this, and I don't know. Am I biased because of Hordak, or are you biased, Katie, because of Swiftwind? I don't know. We can't erase those <laughs> nostalgic feelings from our brain. But like, yeah. m- to me, the highlight, the only highlight. Of the ghost town was that it was Alwyn, which was um, in the original series. It's where Norwin is from. Oh, who we do see you. in a you know future episode. Uh, so like you know that perked me up. But like I, I thought the the joke of the the evil you know princesses, the headless princess. Yeah, like those. Like it was funny at first, but then I feel like the writer just went like three steps too far in inserting yeah. them like uh, there were too many of of those although i did like adora was just like wow yeah why am i just realizing this now like mm-hmm. obviously this was all propaganda <laughs> um uh type things the light bulb uh, uh went on in her head but yes. um i did the reveal that the first ones are just regular people 
Um, again, I, to me, I was, and maybe this is because of the old series, I was thinking more along the lines that the actual first, quote-unquote, first ones were, like, more powerful beings. Mm-hmm. Given in the original series, you know, there were, they were those, like, beings of pure fire. But, like, I, I'm assuming I'm assuming that because of the old series and not that the new series necessarily led me to believe that. But they also came up with all of this crazy technology. Yeah, so like that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think now they're starting to use the term in a little bit more of a general sense. Like, well, these were people like so are is everyone pre Mara a first one and then post Mara <laughs> not? I think it goes further back than that because they uh in later episode um, they're talking about things that happened like millennia ago. Uh-huh. So I feel like. Well, yeah, and there hadn't been a Shira for a thousand years, but that was Mara, right? Then a thousand mm-hmm. years. So well, it was like... Mara. Okay, here's the question. Yeah, has there only ever been two Shiras? Like, was Mara. No, they the showed pr- like a like, bunch yeah. of them. That, exactly, right? Yeah. So how can it be that Mara was a thousand years ago? She, Mara can't be both the first Shira. And the last Shira, if oh, there was I other I don't think ones. they ever said Mara was the first Shira. She was the last Shira, though. Yeah. So yeah, she was not said... necessarily part of the first ones, or even the you know maybe even the generation before her. Like, you might have to go long before Mara before you hit the first ones, depending on what where they want to go with the story. Correct. Though I mm-hmm. wonder if if Mara destroyed the first first ones. Hmm. See, I don't know. I've been interpreting for this series. I've been interpreting the first ones as just, for you know, lack of a better term, right? Like the settlers of Etheria, right? Whatever that mm-hmm. first generation was that came to Etheria, they probably had all this tech or whatever, and that's it. And then whatever generations came after that were no longer the first ones. The first ones were just the ones that came from somewhere else beyond the stars or whatever, right? Like the ones mm-hmm. that came first and that's it like that's how i've interpreted it and they brought their tech with them and yeah that's it that's nothing that no other generations when they say the first ones i don't think are being referred to at least that's how i've been interpreting it and i don't know about you john but when i saw when they finally got towards like the end of they were about to figure out the tower thing and what and they were like just holograms and whatever um when they were a bit more formed and they were doing just the repeat actions um the way they were animated it still reminded me of fire even though it was blue it still had that um like flickering i don't know, type. Just the, I don't know eyes i can't see it but yeah it's just i don't know they're really just, just these lines going off of them and mm, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't quite flame quality but it it was yeah i don't know it still reminded me of that in some weird good way. catch Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh real quick um regarding mara in episode two uh light hope does say another thing about her um when, they were t- when she's talking about the watchtower uh once it allowed me to access my planetary mainframe but it was destroyed by mara when she lost control and attacked etheria and I don't know if she had said that before. Like, we always knew she went crazy and she did bad things, but did we know that she was attacking Etheria itself? Yeah, I guess not necessarily, right? Because we know Mara trapped Etheria into Spondos. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that could have been because she made a bad deal with the Horde. You know, we don't know, right? 
Yeah. She, I don't think she ever said before that she was actually the one physically uh, destroying, if you will, the planet. Although I guess attacked could also mean stranding it in Despondos. Yeah, but that it sounded like she went trouble. and like you know busted up that watchtower herself, uh, right? True. Like, yeah. a, although see, this still makes me wonder: did like because I'm still confused as to when the horde actually came. And it's like, mm-hmm. I still wonder, it's like, was Mara destro- trying to destroy all the technology t- or something to hide it from the Horde? Or was she trapping the planet in Despondos because the Horde invaded and she figured, well, the greater good, we can keep the Horde contained in Despondos? Yeah, Did the sorceress of Castle Grayskull send her a message via telepathy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of very um unclear timeline stuff particularly where regards the horde because like it it we know that the horde has been there at least as long as the door has been alive like but that's all we can we can say for certain like and like how old is hordak is he like a new uh, commander of the Horde on Etheria that was sent there recently, and the Horde's actually been there for like a long time with various people in charge. Was he? See, what did the Horde so, end up there when Scorpio they were? Scorpio was there when they arrived, and yeah. she doesn't seem that. Well, old. when Hordak arrived, right? But or I know, I guess when the no, Horde arrived, right? The Horde. So well, I think wait, the Horde... though. Wait, what if Scorpio wasn't born yet when when they arrived? She said that you know the Horde landed in their kingdom. And they gave the black garnet, right? Well, that but that doesn't happen in her lifetime. Yeah, that that doesn't oh. mean it happened when she was there. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I definitely could have misinterpreted that. Yeah, so I did that, until this very point in moment in time. Yeah, Katie. So it's it's really <laughs> difficult to to uh, gather. I yeah, I don't know. And we okay, and we know the horde got to Etheria before they obtained Adora, <laughs> kidnapped, whatever, because we don't know exactly yes. what happened with that in this They version. were already there in the Fright Zone. Yes. Um, because he he comes, we see Hordak returning in a later episode with Adora. So, mm-hmm. presumably on an ex- excursion to Eternia. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff okay. in the timeline that we just, we have big gaps that we oh, can't yeah. fill in yet. Well, make a note, we need to discuss that when we get to the light spinner episode, because now I'm wondering like, well, wait a minute, how do you get Adora if you can't open the portals right now? And da, 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 da. Although he did say, he did say in this episode that he had opened a portal before. Yes. I believe. And, that and was... he mentions, it's the atmosphere, the atmosphere of Eternia, or Etheria is an issue, which is probably mm-hmm. why, because they're in Despondos, I'm assuming. Um, oh, see, I love this. Look at this complicated storyline that we're trying to figure out. That means, we'll, <laughs> well, that means in future I mean, seasons be. we have lots of answers to get. As yes. far... Well, actually, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't know. There's some interesting bits and pieces that we just don't we just don't have the answers yet. And maybe, like, Hordak is able to breathe normally or whatever because he's, like, half-cybernetic... So he may have some kind of like Darth Vader implant type thing that helps him deal with the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's so confusing. I want all the answers. But that's a good thing. It makes us keep questioning and wondering and theorizing. 
that's that's the mark of a good series. Well, and just to note, Hordak is obviously unimpressed with Catcher at this point. His new bread and butter is Entrapta. Yes. And she figures out he's doing portals. She fixes his machine and um, starts Hordak on the path to what we assume is potentially opening up a portal for something. Yes. I love the the angle that it's a little bit reminiscent in this episode with with uh, Hordak working on his thing and it you know he's trying to open a portal which presumably you know teleports you from one place to another gets you from one point A to point B whatever that may be and he needs this big energy source with this tremendous amount of energy so reminiscent of the whole magna beam thing from Secret of the Sword it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of that same gist and I I love the callback to that. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. And Imp is still as creepy as ever. Oh my god, he is. In fact, <laughs> you know, you know what they could do uh, in like season three or whatever that might be kind of a, both a neat callback and make for an, an interesting storyline is you know in the in the, if they if they still want to take cues from the original in the secret of the sword, Hordak captures He Man, drains his energy for the Magna Beam, blah blah blah. What if at some point in here, he uh, captures Shira and drags her, drains her power to open up a portal to wherever it is he's trying to <gasps> get to. Dude, that'd be that cool. That'd be really cool. <laughs> so, and He Man um. comes out of the portal. There you go. <laughs> or you know, or maybe that maybe it doesn't work because Shira gets rescued in the end by by the rebellion or whatever it is, right? But but we get mm-hmm. like through the porthole a glimpse of castle grayskull or something like that'd be cool Ooh, that oh, would see, be that, that awesome would be, yeah. to me that's almost even better than them actually going to eternia yeah yeah just knowing it's that it's easy. there and that's it uh, you know mm-hmm. and, yeah i could see them being able to pull that off because i think at some point in the run of this series they're gonna have I, I, they, I mean they don't have to do anything but i think that it would be they would be remiss not to, at a bare minimum, explain, and but I think they also need to show what Grayskull is. They made a big deal in the first ep- first episode or two of Adora not knowing what Grayskull is, of Light Hope saying, "Well, you fight for the honor of Grayskull." Now it's you know it's the thing she says to transform, and that's it. And they haven't explained what it is. And I th- I think before this series wraps up. At the at a bare minimum, they they need to to tie off that thread for mm-hmm. for the viewers. That there needs to be that payoff for the story. I have a, I'm now I'm scared. What if it's King Grayskull? Oh, don't say that, <laughs> John. Don't even go there. <laughs> have, have I given someone a bad idea? <laughs> oh, you know what though? Okay, so forget the King Grayskull part of it for a minute. Mm-hmm. You actually did just give me an idea though that might help in the end, uh, tidy up these crazy timelines. Because if they are going, they've already borrowed, right, from Mike Young with the Despondos stuff, correct? Mm -hmm. So, Because I don't think Despondos ever appeared anywhere before Mike Young. So regardless of whether or not they go the King Grayskull route, just take, take that out of it and your feelings of that out of it. We know that at least in the Mike Young mythos and the mini comics from way back in the day, from both of those things, Hordak 
was around during early uh, Eternian history and again later. And so if they just make it that time doesn't work the same way in Despondos, and some of these events that we're assuming take place here, there, and the other place, if some of them with, with Mara either, like maybe she became She-Ra initially on Eternia and ended up going to Etheria and trapping all these people and the Horde on Etheria, maybe fighting them or whatever it is, like whatever thing, you could make some of this timeline perhaps make more sense if a lot of time has passed on Etheria and uh, uh, and not on Eternia or vice versa, right? Like a lot of time has passed on Etheria but, or on Eternia, but maybe not as much on Etheria, right? Like the Horde came on in Etheria time. Uh, they came to... Uh, okay, here, let me let me lay this out in a way that makes a little more sense because I'm kind of jumping all over the place here. Okay, so let's say that the, the way the timeline works out is that the Horde, led by Hordak, came to Etheria at some point not too long before uh, Adora was born. So let's, let's say, for the sake of argument, like 20, 30 years ago, let's just say, on, in Etheria time. But that was a thousand years ago on Eternia. And in, you know, ten years later-ish, Hordak opens up that porthole, comes to Eternia. It's now a thousand years later on Eternia. And he cap he kidnaps Adora, brings her back. Do you get what I'm going for here? Like, the time doesn't necessarily have to move the same way forward on Eternia Theory. And you could make some of this thousand-year stuff that doesn't seem to quite make sense... Makes sense if there's two separate timelines between the two worlds going on. Well, like, basically, right now, Prince Adam can still be a baby because he stole Adora. And since time moves slower on Eternia. Right. Maybe not as he, much time has gone by over there. Yeah. Yet. Maybe it's been like a week and they're like, whoa, Adora's been gone a week and now she's a full grown teenager. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, That'd be amazing. Or, I mean, or they could even, they, you could even get more complicated, right? If you want, because there's been stories like this through sci-fi before, right? Like maybe yeah. because they are tied together and they're, um, you know, they're twins and there's the, the Grayskull connection and all that stuff. Maybe once she was captured, it forced the timelines to to uh, coincide at that point, right? Because there's now this this thread, this bond between Eternia and Etheria that they're stretching because they're on two separate worlds or whatever. Like, you could you could go so many different ways uh, with this now. If, if, that, if that was the initial case, though, that the timelines weren't lined up. So just a, just a thought. It would, it would be complicated, but I think they could probably make it work. Well, I do hope they explain Grayskull. Yeah, I love the... I would love it if, like you said, maybe just you got a glimpse of it in the portal, that would be enough uh, for me. Mm -hmm. The castle, not the king. Right. Um, but uh, going with your timeline thing, even like they could use the king He-Man. Yeah. You know, from classics. I mean, they could go that kind of route where like Eternia is now already peaceful. Skeletor's gone, etc., etc., etc. You know, mm -hmm. he's he's married to Tila and all that fun stuff. Hmm. So many options. <laughs> that's making me squee because i can't wait to <laughs> well, see what happens well okay so to be fair uh, you know this is just me making things up <laughs> so oh, I know. it will I know. probably not go this way they probably have some other 
thing, but I hope it's I hope whatever it is, it's as cool as that idea was because I actually I would love that. So, yeah. well, at the end of this episode as well, Bo is getting some type of trying to d- interpret a message, and then it cuts to what I believe to be then is the crimson rate waste because we find this out in a later episode um Mm -hmm. and there's like a computer there and it's scrolling first ones writing so we're like "Ooh, what's that (laughs) (laughs) and of course they're told at the end not to go there so they're gonna go (laughs) so i'm wondering i'm wondering if it's time to roll on to the next episode yes i have one little question oh um since we were just talking about old school stuff, I noticed in episode three, Catra made a comment about a land called Aralandia. Was that something from the OG series? Aralandia. Aralandia? Yes. What oh, is? Cool. King Duplis is there. I don't remember. What is the... Oh, it's in the episode The Minds of Mondor. That's not one that I probably watched several times okay it's just when they're like planning their next moves she's like if they move on Aralandia, the rebellion will have to answer and i'm like okay what what is Aralandia? but i do love how f- above and beyond they've gone putting callbacks into the oh, yeah. original yes. mythos like it's amazing Big time. speaking of for the next episode <laughs> yes yes all the callbacks <laughs> It's time to roll on. I'll make the joke a second time and see if anybody gets it. <laughs> I, I did get it the first time. Okay, okay, okay. I did too. I'm sorry for cutting you off. Well, I think, um, too, let's note that there's absolutely no reason for this episode to even exist except as a love letter to the original fans, in yep. my opinion. Yep, yep absolutely. absolutely. It doesn't move the plot along. It's a complete filler episode, if you will, but in the good kind of filler way. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is pure so fun, and that is all. Mm-hmm. Like, that is it. It's just a fun episode. It so is. I, I put in huge capital letters, my favorite episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I wouldn't go that far, but it is a lot of fun. <laughs> Compare and contrast with the Dragon Walker episode of my Young series, which I can't well, remember. Well, I'm the... just talking about in this series so far. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I was saying compare and contrast because that was also a filler episode that was terrible in season oh. two. I can't remember what the <laughs> what name of it that? is. The one with what the was... Dragon Walker in Mike Young. I is can't... that the same one with um, Sortek in it? Um, that episode was yeah, terrible. Yeah, might be. Too. That's also a terrible episode. That's I remember the, being uh, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a good episode. Machines and Men? Is that what the hell Yes, of Machines and Men. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, a yeah. Bad episode. Not a good episode. Not good. <laughs> not good. So, yeah, no, this, uh, this is the best. Yeah, like, sh- this is like how Johnson. you do a uh, filler yes, episode. Yes, exactly. Yes. Exactly. And I think we mentioned in our other, you know, when we did our overview of season two, but I do not. I 100, 100%, because there's no 110% here, people, um, 100% <laughs> disagree with anyone that said that this was making fun of filmation and, like, sticking it in our faces, like, oh, we're so much better. <laughs> you know what? No, I, yeah, anyone no. who says that, I'm going to say something very controversial. Anyone who <gasps> says that 
did not watch this episode. You know what? I agree. They watched the clip yep. of the episode mm-hmm. that uh, uh, DreamWorks posted on their social media instead of watching the entire episode. Yep, yep. Because there is no way that you can watch this and walk away thinking that they were making fun of the original series. There, I don't. I, that is not a reasonable, rational conclusion to come to. Agreed. Yep, I'm with you. Hundred percent. Like I'm sorry if it was if it was purely to make fun of it, you wouldn't have such little touches as they used the original Shira theme. They went and you know re-recorded part of the you know Eye of the Power, Secret of the Sword theme in the end credits. Like this, there's no reason yes. why they would go those extra steps at all. And it wasn't even the entire episode. It was like a section of it or a couple sections yes. where she came back. You know, there's also these all these other styles and ideas that are hilarious that are getting introduced, like Mermista with her Sira <laughs> and Frosta with the Bane and all this and the plant golem. I mean, all of these amazingly hilarious ideas that they come up with and in the end actually work <laughs> surprisingly. Um, and hilariously accurate if you've ever played tabletop role-playing games, the, the banter between everybody, <laughs> which I, I have done, and I love tabletop role-playing games. They're so well, much fun. And they noted several times that uh, the you know the showrunner, Noel Stevenson, big uh, Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, fan. absolutely. So absolutely. I, this is totally like a reminiscent of a Dungeons & Dragons yes. situation that I myself had to sit through many a boring D&D session Oh, you, you, you should in middle you should school. Have, you should have been part of my uh, my role playing group back in the early two thousands, where I master. I was the game master, dungeon master, well, whatever see, term feel... you prefer for for a masters of the universe one. You... For that went on for like three years. So when you're well... like a regular character and you're not the dungeon master, I feel that is probably part of the problem because you had like the fun, interesting, creative part. And I did not, I was sitting there as someone else was doing all the creative fun. Well, now see that, that is the mark though of a not very good dungeon master because they, as dungeon master, your job is to let everyone (laughs) else's creativity flow. And you're just supposed to steer the story roughly in the right direction and let everyone kind of do what, what their characters would do like that's that is the that is the mark of a good dungeon master so and i mean i didn't start out that way i was i did not do that well in the very first games that i mastered but that's that's something that you should be doing and learning <laughs> as you as you master more of those games adora was being a very bad dungeon master in this episode <laughs> <laughs> Well, she's also so focused on Catra. Girl needs to open her eyes because Catra was not yes. even a part yep. of this episode except for the fantasy sequences. So don't always think that Catra is leading every attack. Exactly. Although it did make Scorpia seem pretty inept a lot of the time in yes. this episode. Oh, it was just like, why is. is Lonnie not a force captain? Can yeah. I get a high five? Because, yeah. I mean, it was clear that Lonnie was running the show. Yeah, Scorpia is the only just, one that has a brain. Yeah, Scorpia is just so not uh, competent, and it's very sad. Like, it's very sad. Yeah, and this was, what, the third? Wait. Yeah, third episode of Scorpia hardcore crushing on Catra, like blatant 
you know, now she's calling her wild cat <laughs> and all this, <laughs> that beautiful, whatever. And it's like, it's cute and endearing. But then after a while, it's like, honey, she's just not into you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's also really funny how uh, Scorp- Scorpius got, maybe it's a product of growing up in the Fright Zone, right? But Scorpius got like such a, a weird... Um, unhealthy view of relationships a lot of the time too because she's like well mm-hmm. hopefully uh, this one will make Kaja realize that we are best friends forever or at least have a bond that can never be broken <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. and she talks about them being soulmates and yes. <laughs> yeah like yeah I think uh, uh, Scorpio has some issues she needs to work through I think yeah I really want her to go over to the good side. She would be so much fun with the other princesses. I think that it will happen, especially after a future episode where she interacts with Seahawk. I feel like they put in these little seeds. They're planting the little seeds of that perhaps Scorpia. I I personally don't think that Catra will turn good, but I think Scorpia has a high probability of being turned you know, to the rebellion. Like kind of like how the horde now has Entrapta, maybe yep. the rebellion will end up with Scorpia. That would be awesome. Could be interesting. It depends it, okay, so that to me that can go that that has the potential in both directions of being done if they do it really well, that could be really good. But they, there's a there's a line that they're gonna have to walk to make that really work. I don't know. I think that has potential to go badly if they don't if they don't tell the story well. But if they can do it right, that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Because right now, Scorpia is, um, what well, like Katie was just saying, right? Like she's all very much into Catra, right? Very much crushing on Catra, all of that stuff. Some they have to deal with that before they're going to get Scorpio to turn because right now it doesn't it, it wouldn't feel right no matter what is what Scorpia sees or how she interacts with everybody right like they have to break that infatuation that she's got yeah. before yeah. beforehand Catra, otherwise it's not going to feel right yeah Catra's going to have to like betray her or something mm-hmm. yes and some Bingo. to get her to turn yeah yeah mm-hmm. and I think it'll have something to do like something I feel would happen in front, like it would be, you know, maybe Shira, Oradora, Catra, and Scorpia in the same vicinity. And it causes either Catra to uh, do, do something that favors the assistance, if you will, of Adora or Shira over Scorpia. And then mm-hmm. so, it would have to be something that would deeply hurt her. Mm-hmm. Big b- betrayal like that, where she might. Like she might, it might open her eyes. Like maybe something happens, and then it also kind of or makes like in the, in battle, Dora maybe her, like you know? leave Scorpio to die or something. I mean, that's how she ends up with the rebellion, right? Like Catra's like, okay, well, we're gonna save my own skin, leave Scorpia yeah. behind. She ends up with the rebels and realizes that Catra just left her to die, sort of thing, and then decides mm-hmm. to join them. Like something like well, that would work. And it could also help the princesses make amends because apparently. They were, you know, bullies to Scorpio when she was a wee one. At least that was implied, you know, because she looked so different. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not nice. 
So I think they need to, you know, that probably aided in her just gravitating towards whoever pays attention to her. Yeah, nobody's nice to her at all. Yeah, like, (laughs) really? (laughs) Like, she's constantly dropping things because she has these huge claws and nobody's like, can I hold that for you? (laughs) Except with the little battle bot. I think finally she's like, can one of you control this? (laughs) She's about to drop the remote but yeah i think i think i might have mentioned this in the past but i uh, want to bring up one one more time through these course of these three episodes um they're kind of running together in my memory so i can't remember what happened once i think this actually might have been in part of the episode previous to this but uh it makes me laugh to myself every single time this no one else is going to have experienced this because i'm the only one watching with the audio description they keep referring to you know, what we know of is Imp. I don't think he's actually been named in this series, but the, the you know, Hordak's little spy as mm-hmm. Hordak's little critter. And <laughs> some reason that cracks me up every time they say it. Like, it's just so funny. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah, I wonder if there's some type of weird copyright as to why they just can't call him Imp, because they have not. You are correct. They have not used the word Imp. At all. I, I would, Not even like on IMDb or anything? Well, I don't know. Well, maybe. Well, I don't think so because he doesn't talk. He just repeats the sound. He makes noises sometimes. Yeah. So I don't know. That's true. But maybe they're just using one of the other voice actors who's already doing someone else to do his weird sounds. But it's like, I can't remember if they named Grizzlore in any of the episodes, but in the credits, it said, you know, Grizzlore. Oh, yeah. So, like, maybe if Imp talked... But then again, maybe it would say, you know, little critter or something. I don't know. I don't know. It makes me laugh every single time, though. It's just like, I kind of wish they would stop doing it because, like, Hordak is so menacing and creepy. And it's like, it's kind of awesome. And then they say something like, and Hordak's a little critter does. And I'm just like, are you kidding me, really? <laughs> Plus, is he is really so creepy. Oh, like, so creepy. So very. Calling him a little critter kind of. Doesn't really. <laughs> well, the very first time I think they called him his bat-like critter, and then after that it was just a little critter. So <laughs> it's just really funny. It just makes me laugh. Somebody needs to make little custom imp figures and just call it little critter. That'd maybe maybe sense. they'll name him eventually. Like it, because he doesn't speak, it doesn't you know it's not that important for him. To, I mean, mm-hmm. how long was Swiftwind horsey? You know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> until uh, until he started talking. We didn't have a name for him either, so it may maybe eventually uh, we'll get a name for him. But I still, well, I still, I will say it again, and I've, I'll stop beating this horse for this season anyway. I still wish we had more of the classic horde members playing a role, even if they were small yeah. roles. I, I I really feel their absence in this series. Like they mm-hmm. could have taken Kyle and made him Mantena. Yes. yes, we talked about that before, and I think that would have been so good. It would have been yeah. so. Mantena great. would fit in so well in yes. the series. Yeah, I, yeah. Just like why? Why is he even? Well, I feel I like there's it. going to be some type of payoff with Kyle that we don't know about yet. There. If yeah. there isn't, I will be. I, you know, I'm starting <laughs> to wonder though because I don't, I don't even think is he. I mean, he if he's in season two at all, it's very small. I don't remember anything specifically with Kyle in season two at all. So, 
Well, he was in this episode because they say on the way out, okay, everybody for blaming this on Kyle. And they're like, Okay, nope. well, very, <laughs> but I mean, he has no significant part in season two anywhere, like he did in season no. one, so. Yeah, but, that's true. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, I would like to see more of that. I, I feel like uh, you guys were just saying, Mantona would fit into this really well. I think Cal would have fit into this series really well, too. I feel like... Um, there's a couple of characters that they they are um, missing the opportunity to use for this series, but maybe maybe they will show up eventually. I mean, we're only two seasons in, so true. And what's that? Season three premieres on Netflix August second. Set your DVR. Wait, no, just open up your app and watch all the episodes. <laughs> Do we have any idea how many episodes are in this season yet? For season three? Yeah. It should either be six or seven. Yeah, I think it's, I okay. think we heard... Okay, don't quote me on this. I thought we heard somewhere, read, or I read somewhere or something that it was six, but I could... I will not... Don't not quote me on that, but I thought I saw that somewhere. Okay. Cool. A quicker binge, you know, and uh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Plus, I need to see how that cliffhanger. Oh, which we will talk about next episode. But yes, good lord. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yes, we will finish out our season two reviews uh, in the next episode because we got to get to season three unexpectedly coming so soon. (laughs) (laughs) Also, we should Uh, remind everyone that. uh, last time we talked about the uh, She-Ra book and uh, the He-Man and She-Ra Golden books have recently come out, which I have not checked out yet, but they are now out and you can order those on Amazon or go to your bookstore or get the ebooks or whatever, but they're out now. And the second She-Ra Princesses of Power book is out too. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh my God. Oh, I didn't I'm think that was out yet. I thought that came out later in the month. Yeah, no, I already have the physical copy. Oh, is there? I wonder if there's an audio, audio, audible version or not. Maybe it comes out later in the month. Maybe I'll have to check and see. I didn't. I didn't read it yet, but it's on the list. Yeah, I've seen some art from the Shira Little Golden Book, and it's so pretty. Yeah, it's oh, it gorgeous is, yes. artwork. I gifted well that done. both of those books to so many um, little cousins and things. That I have, that yeah, my I'm, Amazon account is probably like, why did he buy like twenty copies of this book? Yeah, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting a set for my nephew as well, both of them. So, it should be. Oh, good. That's a good idea. I should do that for my nephew too. Same. Do it. Probably. Do I'm gonna, it I'm gonna do it like right now. Well, well, he, do it. <laughs> my my nephew is like obsessed with the Marvel Golden books right now, so this will fit in right right alongside oh, those yeah. perfectly. So. Oh yeah, same people worked on the the He Man and Shearer ones. Yep. Yep. Cool. Yep. It's like the resurgence of the little golden book. <laughs> I know, right? Yes. About time. Those things are amazing. And bonus, Shira is actually mentioned in He Man's Golden Book. Nice. Ooh. So color me surprised. <laughs> well, I mean, I haven't read them yet, but my impression is that those are based on the original. Yes. Um, Filmation. Yeah, the origin are they story wise or are they just artwork wise? Because I wasn't they clear. Are both, both artwork both. is 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 okay. uh, a derivative of filmation, 
like um example like on the page it it has you know filmation seahawk filmation looking cat or um, cast a spella that that type right, of stuff right right um but yeah no uh, similar you know uh, simplified very simplified like origin story for shira and things like that cool cool insta bye <laughs> that's happening I'm just a little late, so it's not really. Yeah, stuff, I need I need to order mine I'm today. <laughs> I've been dealing with the no water in the house situation, so I haven't ordered them yet. But that will be happening soon. Yay! So uh, we can talk about them more on the next episode once we all have them in hand. <laughs> they're beautiful. Sweet. And then maybe we'll find Martin. And oh, he's hiding over there. Maybe uh, maybe Always Hordak asleep. transported him to the Valley of the Lost. Ooh, I hope we get the Valley of the Lost. I always love that title, Valley it's of very the cool. Lost. Creative people in the 80s, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, as always, thank you for downloading Master's Cast. We've been here so long. Yay. <laughs> we will be celebrating our fifth. 15th anniversary next year. We have wow. to do something special for God. that, guys. I'll Whoa. bake a cake. <laughs> 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 well, if I UPS next date it to everyone, uh, I don't know how long I can, it would take to get to Martin, but everyone can have a slice. Here, here's something. Here's something for you guys to think about. All right, we've been doing this show for as long as there was a gap between. Uh, the new adventures premiering and starting doing the show, doing the podcast. Oh, oh yeah, because we started a little bit before Mike Mike Young started. No, no, no. Right? We started no? way after. It was oh, well, October two thousand five. So that yes. was fifteen years after New Adventures premiered, mm-hmm. which is fifteen years ago now. So wow, there was as long a gap between New Adventures and us doing a podcast as there is from starting the podcast till now. We know how much you love well. new adventures. <laughs> or another another way of of looking at it, from Shira being introduced as a toy line, to the three of us knowing each other on the internet <laughs> was the same like the time that we've been doing this show. Oh, Amazing. the internet! Yep. What we we do without you? Indeed. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Well, thanks for downloading, and thanks for everyone who even found us now and are listening to old episodes. I hope we weren't too annoying for you. Uh, I'm John Callis, <laughs> also known as The Shadow. I'm Katie Carty Hiley, also known as Rainbow Bright. I am Leanne Hanna, also known as Stratosmacko. And I'm Josh the Lioncourt, also known as Lioncourt. Good, Good, Good journey. journey! Good journey. Good journey. I wonder if they'll say good journey in the new movie. Good journey. Good, good, good journey. <laughs> is it actually on hold? Or was no, that- yeah, it's like, not is on it hold. Ha- okay. I'm still not going to believe it until I'm sitting in the theater watching it. Yeah. 